God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this ninth Sunday after Pentecost through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I want to go back in time a couple of weeks and uh, work my way up to this day. Why would I and five of our high school boys take five precious days of their summer vacation and spend it playing water games and basketball with kids we don't even know at Oak Grove Elementary School in Milwaukee? Why would we traipse all over the northeast corner of Portland and Vancouver in traffic to get to Leroy Hagen Community Park to pull vines out of the forest? Why would we spend the three most tedious hours of our lives sacking potatoes at the Oregon Food Bank? Why would we help some other Lutheran church in Vancouver who has their own volunteers set up for their VBS? And during all that hard work, spend each night in luxurious, unair-conditioned dormitories at Concordia University, Portland. Because Jesus has compassion on us and the people we encountered. Why would we give our hard-earned, precious few dollars we can spare to feed people we don't even know in the Caribbean and parts of South America? Because Jesus has compassion on us and them. Why would we open our church and our campus to the families of our community to let them put their complete trust in us to care and supervise their children for three hours a day for a week at our VBS day camp? Why would we spend hours cleaning up Dixie cups and water bottles and crafts left behind and little bits of junk left everywhere in the aftermath? Why would we spend 15 intense hours with 230 kids in the hottest, smokiest week in recent history? Why would we take the risk of offending someone in our community and open ourselves to criticism with what we believe the Bible teaches about baptism? Because Jesus has compassion on us and them. And speaking of baptism... Why would we baptize uh, Charlotte Carvia's grandchildren today at the 1045 service? Why would her family take the time and travel out here from Tillamook to be part of it? Because Jesus has compassion on them and you and me. That's a little recap of the last three weeks of the ministry of this church. I'm so thankful to God for having been part of it or being part of it and I'm thankful for you being part of it, either by your direct volunteering or your time, your tithes, your offerings, your donations, and your prayers. I could go on at length about the last three or how the, how the last three weeks have uh, impacted me and my faith and, and made me know and experience God's love even more. And, perha- and perhaps you would sit here and smile and think, that's all very nice for your pastor, But our text today is not about me. It's about Jesus and you too. So I want to bear down on this word compassion in our gospel text. Jesus had compassion on the people who crowded around him and his disciples and he even healed those who were sick. The Greek word Matthew uses to describe Jesus' attitude and action in this scene 
It's one of the most difficult ones I've ever come, come across to try and pronounce. It goes something like this, and I'm sure a Greek person would accuse me of butchering this word to death, but it's esplankthniste. Say that with me. Esplankthniste. <laughs> you got to get the ngthn in there. All right? N G K T H N. That's six continents. How, consonants. How does that even work in the English? It doesn't. But it's 12 letters from the common Greek alphabet put together a certain way, which literally means was filled with tenderness. Was filled with tenderness. Now, why do our English Bibles translate that as he had compassion on them? I don't know. But doesn't it seem that was filled with tenderness gets into the heart and mind of Jesus more? I think it does. I mean, 500 years ago, Martin Luther complained the Latin translation of the Bible was sluggish. And Latin was the first language the Greek texts were translated into. Luther's point was nothing was as clear and lively as the original language. That's why priests and pastors learn it and use it. But aside from all that, I can tell you, Matthew wants you, the hearer, to know that Jesus was moved in his inward parts towards the people. Have you ever felt tenderness and compassion or pity or emotions towards another person or people that you could feel it in your gut? You could feel it in your inward parts. Man, you can't get more descriptive than that. Jesus is more than a portrait of a man hanging on a wall in a Sunday school classroom. Jesus is more than a vague figure you hear your pastor babble on about in church on Sunday morning. Jesus is more, much more than a concept of charity and moral behavior and justice. He's a living, breathing man who thought and felt and was inwardly moved by people's plight, namely their sin, their bad condition. In the case of our text, it was their sickness and their need for food. And it's one thing to look at this or preach on this text and say, look at Jesus, look how compassionate He is to us, provides for our every need, He takes our meager provisions and blesses them and makes more for us. Well, that's true, and perhaps you've heard that a thousand times, but consider the attitude, or the feeling even, of our God who's doing the action here. His inward parts are moved to cause Him to be tender towards people. And what's the feeling or action behind or within tenderness? In the Greek and the English dictionaries, it's love. But you don't need a dictionary to know that, do you? You know what hate feels like. We, we know what abandonment and abuse feels like. Even in the midst of that, we know what tenderness is. What it feels like either, or, or either to give it or to receive it. During one of our servant events at the youth gathering I told you about a couple of weeks ago, our, 
our group was dispatched to Milwaukee to spend most of the day entertaining some summer school kids with outdoor activities. And one little boy was running on the blacktop and he fell and he bruised the corner of his eye and, he, and his knee and, and he was crying and I saw him immediately and I immediately had the feeling of uh, inside that he needed attention. And I ran over to him and gave him a hug and checked his eye and you know, empathized with his pain because I've, I've experienced that too. He wasn't my kid. He wasn't even a kid under, the care, uh, under my care in the church. Yet I had that feeling of tenderness towards him because it, it just kicks in. You can't help it. Yet it's only a glimpse, only a glimmer of the whatever. I'm not going to try and pronounce that again. It's only a glimmer of the tenderness Jesus has towards you and me. As moved as you and I are or have been in our lives towards others, do you think we could be so moved that we would die a long and painful death by crucifixion for others? For other people's sin? Shouldn't other people who sin get what they deserve? During our day camp here just this last week, one of the Bible lessons right here, I heard a little girl say to one of the Camp Lutherwood staff that God loves the good people and doesn't love the bad people. And the Lutherwood person who was leading the lesson, you know, just, she just maintained that God's love is for everyone. It must have been very confusing for that young girl who by all human standards is thinking logically. I mean, good people get rewarded in life and bad people get punished. Isn't that how it works? Isn't that what parents teach their kids? But God teaches us that while we were all still sinners, He sent His Son Jesus to take our sin upon Himself and forgive us. He covers our sin with His blood shed for us on the cross. He takes it away. He cleanses us, cleanses us of our sin in the waters of baptism. He continually nourishes us with His body and blood for the forgiveness of our sin in communion right here with Him. Believe, and with believers who have gone before us and with each other in the Lord's Supper. All these things He does because, well, I'm not going to say that Greek word again, <laughs> because He was filled with tenderness. You got it. And in response to that tenderness, we do what we do. We worship Him like we are now. We hug children we don't even know to wipe away their tears. We invite young people like Camp Lutherwood staff into our homes and feed them and give them beds to sleep in. We pick up trash. We schlep water jugs all over campus. Box food and sack potatoes and pull weeds in the summer heat. We give a portion of our earnings joyfully so that Jesus can take our meager offerings and make big things happen for people like feed them and clothe them and house them and teach them. We baptize. Two people are going to be added to the number of those saved today and more will be added tomorrow and the next day. But what a great day today in the kingdom of God. What a a great three weeks it's been. Whenever you have doubts about 
God's love for you, go back and read about this miracle with the bread and the fish. It's in all four of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Let the Holy Spirit assure you that Jesus is filled with tenderness for all people, then and now, and that includes you. Amen.